We're kicking off a new series today, Beyond Ordinary, and we're going to kind of take a look at some stories, both Old Testament and New Testament, and we're going to look and dive into the main characters of those stories. It's so weird to me sometimes that we call them characters because they're not like fictional people. They're, they're real life people, but we're going to look at these people, and if you will, we're kind of going to do just a, an overshot, like character profile of some of these people. And so we're going to take a look at like Noah, you know, and his journey. It's not Moses in the ark, it's Noah in the ark, right? Everybody with me on that one? You know, I've, I, like I said, I talked to a lot of students and you'd be amazed at the times I get the question, you know, wasn't it Moses who built the ark? And I'm like, no, it's a different guy, but it's all good. We're going to look at Joseph and just the amazing journey that he had and what God has done in his life and was able to do through him. We're going to take a look at David. How many know David had just an amazing life? He was anointed king as a young man, but couldn't actually walk in that full fulfillment and blessing until later in his life because of what God was trying to do. We'll look at the disciples and how God has just moved in their life as well as we we will take a look at Paul and really dive into that. And, and here's the key thing in all these stories that I hope you get and you receive over the next few weeks as we go through this is that God wants to move you from where you are to where he wants you to be. See, that's the significant thing. God doesn't want you to remain where you are. He wants to move you to where he wants you to be. And I want you to keep just this one thought in the back of your mind as we go through all of today and kind of just let it pop in and out as we talk. But sometimes to get to a better place, you have to leave a good place. Did you hear that? Sometimes to get to a better place, you have to leave a good place. I have a four-year-old and a seven-year-old daughter, and they are handfuls to say the least, but I love them like crazy. And my oldest daughter, Lila, who is seven, um, loves to go to the zoo. It's one of her favorite things. And so we always try and plan out days. We're like, okay, we're going to go to the zoo today. We'll go to lunch and then we'll go to the zoo. That's, that's kind of like our little routine that we do. And so I always ask her, Hey baby, where do you want to go to lunch today? And how many know exactly where she's going to pick right off the beginning, right? She's like, dad, I want to go to McDonald's for lunch. And I'm like, Okay, it's your day, so we're going to do it. And I'm like, why do you want to go to McDonald's? She's like, because they got a playground, Dad. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's, that's the main reason. McDonald's won because they had a playground. Not, well, I won't say it because I don't want to offend anybody. So, uh, no, it's good. But so we get there, right? We get packed up, we get loaded, we get to McDonald's, and it never fails, right? This is always the conversation that happens with Lila. Is, Dad, I'm going to go to the playground, and I will play while you order the food. But as soon as the food's ready, dad, I'm going to come out of the playground and I'll eat. And then, and then we can go to the zoo. And I'm like, okay, baby, you know, we got it. You know, if you want to go to the the zoo today, we just got to kind of move through lunch. So if you're going to do that, that's good. And it never fails, right? I know some of you are already ahead of me because you have this relived in your life too is we get in line, we order, she runs off to the playground. She makes some new friends. She's having a good time in the playground. And, you know, we get the food and we set it down on the table. And I'm like, Lila, food's here, baby. We got to, you know, let's eat so we can get to the zoo. And she's like, dad, dad, five more minutes. I just, I need five more minutes. And, it, and it's like, 
you know, I, I try and talk her out of it because I'm like, you know, if we, if we don't do this, we're not going to get to the zoo. I know that you love the zoo. You love seeing the giraffes and, and all the animals, the elephants, which are your favorite. You love watching them. If we don't hurry up and eat, we're not going to be able to do this. Just give me five minutes, dad, five minutes. And I'm like, okay, I'll give you five more minutes, but then you got to eat. You, know, you got to come out of there and eat. And so without saying five minutes goes by. And so we're calling her, Lila, you got to Come eat, baby. And she's like, Dad, I need two minutes, Dad. Just two minutes. If I can get two minutes, Dad, it'll be good. I'm like, baby, you got to come eat. She's like, but Dad, I made two new friends, and they've got to be okay if I leave. i got to let them know that I'm leaving and make sure they're good. And then she'll turn and look at me. We, you think, Dad, they could go to the zoo with us? And I'm like, well, baby, I don't know if they got plans. I don't know their parents. You know, we're, we're just all kind of sitting in this open room, and she's just... But okay, then dad, look, give me two minutes. I'll say my goodbyes. You know, I'll make sure they can survive without me, you know, because they haven't done a good enough job up to this point by themselves. Um, and then, and then I'll come eat and we can go. And so we go through that process, but the whole time it's like, you know, baby, we can't go, you know, and then we'll have those days where we're going and the weather's not really wanting to cooperate and we still try and go. And she'll get stuck at McDonald's playing. And not that that's bad. It's good. I, I know she loves that too. But then she gets really, really disappointed and frustrated because it may start raining and we miss the zoo. Or we can't go and spend the amount of time she wants to spend at the zoo because we have to get back. And what we were trying to get her to understand is, is baby, sometimes in order to get to a better place, we have to leave a good place. And see, and that's going to be the theme through today that I want you to really grasp. And that's why I ask that you hold on to that thought as we go through, because I want to start with one of my favorite people in all of the Bible, and it's in the Old Testament, and it's Abraham. And many of you know the story of Abraham. You've probably been told at a time or two in your life, or you've heard something to the effect where God had called Abraham to step out of where he was and just begin to move to move in a direction. And as he does that, he takes a step out of an ordinary life to beyond ordinary. And so I want to take a look at that today and let you know that God hasn't called you to an ordinary life. He's called you beyond that. And so if you will turn to Ab- or Genesis, I want to label it his name, Genesis 12, and we're going to start in one through three. And I'm going to read a a few scriptures today. Some of them are going to be out of the message translation and others will be out of the new living. And so you can just follow along. They'll be on the screens with me. But this is what it says right here. Verse one, it says, God told Abram. And if you remember the story or you may not know the story, he starts off, that's his name, Abram. And later on in his life through a promise that God has given him, he changes his name to Abraham. And so you'll hear me refer to it as Abraham most of the time. But if you read in scripture and you read here about Abram, it's the same guy. It's not two different guys. So hang in with me. It says this, leave your country, your family, your father's home for a land I will show you. I will make you a great nation and bless you. I will make you famous. You'll be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Those who curse you, I'll curse All families of the earth will be blessed through you. Can you imagine the weight that is on Abraham right there? It sounds great, right? Just get up and go. Follow my voice. I'll lead you. And as you do that, you'll be blessed. That sounds good, right? How many know if God were to say, hey, would you like to go plant a church in Hawaii? 95% of us, we'd be like, all right, God, I'm in. It's good. I'm there. 
I love the weather there. The beaches are nice. We'll be good, you know, but that's not what happens here. God just says, Abraham, I need you to get up and go. And then the wait part, what is amazing to me that I think a lot of times we miss is the fact that he calls him, you will be a blessing to all people of the earth. Man, isn't that, uh, that's powerful. I don't know about you, but to me, that's powerful. He's saying, pick up and go to a place that I will tell you and don't look at your current circumstances. Don't look at what's going on right now. And, and this is what you need to know about this story that I think a lot of us, we miss over the course of it is because when you go back into the history and you begin to look at this, is Abraham's whole entire family, his whole clan, kind of all that he knew had moved not too far back in the past, they had moved to what is called Haran. And so that's where they had lived. That's where they were gathered. His whole entire people group was right there. They had just gone on this pilgrimage and journey to get there. Okay. And then years later down the road, here is God going, I want you to get up and move and just go. And what we know now, because we can look at the end of the story is God was calling him to go to Canaan. Okay, and he was calling him to move in that direction. And what we can discover now that we know all the stories that Abraham didn't know at the time is this is a 500-mile journey in a straight-line shot, right? I mean, so it's just straight line. And how many know roads never go in a straight line, right? I mean, they're always, especially when you're talking about mountainous terrain and all of that stuff. So as you can imagine, Abraham's looking at this journey ahead, knowing what has happened in the past and where he's at right now, because where he was, wasn't bad. There was nothing wrong going on. They were prospering where they were. Things were good. But yet here's God that shows up and says, I need you to just pack up and go. And I need you to leave. And, and what is neat about this and what is really significant about this story is it's not like our day. You know, it's not like Abraham could say, hey, I'm going to hire the movers, get the trucks, you know, and we're good. 500 miles, that's nothing. You know, we'll just, we'll just call them. They'll pack everything up and load up with us. You know, they didn't have U-Haul. You know, they had animal haul back then, right? I mean, that's what it was. They would pack their entire livelihoods on their animals and the people would walk. And so when you look at scripture and you really look at the original translation, it really should read like this. Walk from your land, from your family, from your father's home to a land I will show you. See, they were going to have to make this journey. And we're talking about maybe if they're lucky, they're walking 10 to 15 miles a day because of the amount of people, because it's not like it's just a family of four that's walking together. We're talking about all the possessions that he owns, his entire household, which would have been those who were his servants at that time. It would have been his extended family. It would, you know, and so it was massive. And so they're taking everything on this journey. And you can imagine it's not like a typical journey. You know, I mean, how many have ever been out on the road, you're going and you get a flat tire, right? I mean, that's inconvenient enough for us now. Well, for their days, their days, it wouldn't have been that. It would have been like a broke leg on an animal, you know, and they would have to figure out how to remove that. They would have run into bandits on the road, you know, people trying to take everything, not just their possessions, but their brothers, their sisters, their wives, whatever the case may be, those bandits were after them, not to mention the weather being an effect on them. All of this is playing into the account. 
And here is God looking at Abraham going, I want you to just go. And for most of us, whenever we leave, we have a destination in mind, right? We know where we're going. We know about how long it's going to take. Abraham doesn't have this. He just is being asked to get up and go. And can you imagine when he goes to tell the family, hey guys, we're leaving on a journey. You know, where are we going? I don't know. We just need to go, right? I mean, how many of you would love that conversation with your kids? All right, kids, pack up everything you own, right? Everything. Forget about school. They might be excited about that, but we're going to go on a journey. And they're like, well, where are we going? Well, I don't know. We're just going to go, you know? They would, they would lose their minds. You can imagine their families and the responses that they would have here. You can imagine the thought process that Abraham is going through. It, like I just put, him, put myself in his shoes. You know, I'd have been like, you know, God, that's awesome. You want me to go somewhere? That's cool. I'll do it. But you need to understand a couple things before I go, God. You know, number one, it's pretty good here, right? I mean, we just moved so many years back. Everything seems to be going fine. So I don't see a need why we need to move, but if you really want me to, I'll move. But you need to understand a couple other things. When we get to Canaan, the best condos are probably already gone, God. So, you know, you just need to keep that in mind. And two, the best land is probably already gone. So that rules out hunting and fishing for me. So I really can't do that either. You know, that would have been my thought process. And I'm sure Abraham wrestled with those notions. But the Bible tells us what he did. And the Bible says that Abraham just picked up and began his journey. And so look at Genesis 12, four. And again, this is just the message and it seems so simple, but it's so profound. Look at this. So Abraham left just as God said, and Lot left with him. Like I said, that seems simple, but I want to show you something today that there's something transformational in that scripture. If you let it, If you look at that scripture in the right lens and begin to apply it to your life, there will be something significant that happens in your life. It's like I said, Abraham had moved before, but he recognized something spiritually. When God spoke to him, he saw something. He realized that this wasn't an economical move, but a spiritual move. See, it may have looked similar to his previous move, but at its heart, at its core, It was something significantly different. And how many of us, let me just say, you don't have to raise your hand or anything, but how many of us, when God is calling us to do something, I I include myself in this, the first thought process we go through is, God, what is it going to cost me? How much am I going to get in the return? And is there going to be something provided for me? Versus just saying, okay, God, you want to move me, so I'm going to move. See, Abraham caught something that not many of us catch right from the beginning. And he just said, God, I'll go because you want to do something in my life. You want to do something spiritually within me through this journey. You don't want me to remain ordinary. You want me to go beyond that. You want me to be greater. Like I said, I get the privilege of speaking to students on a weekend, week out basis. And one thing I try and tell them often is that there is greatness within them. There is. The reality is it's never more revealed than when they're in a relationship with Jesus. Why? Because he is the one that has created them and designed them. But the same speaks true to you. There is greatness in you. There is more than just normal in you. And you can arrive at that place, but you have to be willing to move. 
You have to be willing to step out. Because see, here's the thing. If I were to take a poll today and ask you to raise your hand, I'm pretty sure probably 95% of you in the room would say, I believe in God. Say, I believe in him. I believe who he says he is, what he does. But the reality is, is we, our actions don't match our words. I know that's hard to hear. I include myself in that. See, the transformational part was not the fact that Abraham believed God. It was the fact that he obeyed and moved. Do you hear that? See, the transformational part in our lives is not the fact that we believe in God. It's the fact that we act, we move, we take steps towards what he is asking of us. That's why we talk all the time. God wants to move you from where you are. It's not that where you are is necessarily bad or wrong, but it's not where he wants you to be. Maybe it was for a season. Maybe it was for a moment, but it's not there anymore. And God wants to move you past that. He wants to get you to move beyond what you know, what you've experienced so that you can have something more. Abraham recognized that in order to receive the promises of God, he had to begin to walk into them. He recognized that promises have already been spoken over his life, but in order to see those promises in his life, he had to move. He had to stop living on the past blessing and walk into the new blessing. Do you hear that? See, I think for some of us, and, and I include myself in this, but the reality is, is too often I live in what God has blessed me with on the past and I fail to start looking forward or I fail to start moving into the next blessing that God has. Look at Isaiah 43, 19. And again, this is the message, but listen to what God is speaking to the people here. I want you to really hear this. Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert, be present. I'm about to do something brand new. How many want to be a part of something new that God's doing? Because you know what scripture says that when we accept Jesus, we are what? A new creation, right? The old is past. See, now hear me. I'm not trying to knock our history. I'm not trying to push back and say, we don't need to learn from those things or look at those things. We need to honor our history. We need to respect that past and what God has done for us, but we can't live in the past. We can't live physically in the past and no more should we live spiritually in the past. We have to move to what God wants to do, the new that God wants to do. Are you with me this morning? See, God's plan for you involves going beyond the ordinary and how do we get there? How do we, how do we move in that direction? And it's just simply allowing God to move us, to listen to him and to trust him and put all of our chips in with him versus trying to maul in our minds what it is that we think God should be doing or what it is we think God should be providing for us. Look at James 1.22, and this is New Living. It says this, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says Otherwise, you are only fooling yourself, right? Believing is, is a part of it. It's the starting point. Acting on that belief and beginning to do what God has called you to do is what will lead you beyond the normal, beyond just the temporary, beyond what is just right now. And I know some of you are looking at me and you're going, but Brian, right now isn't bad. 
But if it could be better, wouldn't you be willing to take that chance? Wouldn't you be willing to take that chance? That scripture will go on to say that those that that don't act on God's word are like a man who looks in the mirror, sees his reflection, and then turns from it. And immediately when he turns, he forgets what he looks like. And I think so many Christians, so many of us in life, we do that. Not because we want to, but because we're so focused on living where we are because we think, you know, it's okay. You know, my bills are paid. You know, my, my kids are good. You know, my life is, you know, fine. I go to church on Sunday and sometimes on Wednesday. And then, you know, I pay my time, all that good stuff. And, and hear me this morning. I'm not trying to knock those things. They're great things. But can I tell you something? We don't serve a God that just wants you to show up on Sunday mornings, a few Wednesdays and pay your tithes. We serve a God that wants to do something incredible through you. He wants to do something so unique that I don't even think we fully can understand or fathom what he wants to do. But you have to be willing to move. There's a part we play. And Abraham began to understand that. And he saw that. And the second part of this story in his life, which I think rings true to the majority of us, is the fact that this, when Abraham arrived at his promised land, hear this, he didn't get to occupy it. He had to live on the outskirts. The story would go on to tell us, and I didn't want to read you a bunch of scriptures because we'd be here till like four o'clock. Okay, if, if we went through his whole life. But you fast forward chapter after chapter. The story tells us that Abraham, after he had arrived to the place that God wanted him to be at, he didn't get to take possession of it. He didn't get to receive that blessing right away. He had to live in tents on the outskirts of city to city to city. And so guess what? He was still constantly moving. And can I tell you something about Abraham's life? He wasn't perfect. Because as you read through the story, you'll find that there was a time that him and his wife, they couldn't have kids, right? And so they were dying to have kids. And so he goes out of God's plan and kind of creates a kid. He messes up there. On his journey, he encounters a king. And he's fearful of the king because his wife is so beautiful that he lies to the king and tells the king that it's his sister and not his wife. And so the king takes her. And in a dream, God speaks to the king and tells him, no, that's not right. You don't need to take her. So, so why do I tell you those two things? Is because I want you to get a profound statement here that I think God is showing us through the life of Abraham is God is far less concerned about perfection than he is about direction. You hear that? He doesn't anticipate or expect us to be perfect, but he does expect us to move towards him, to walk towards him. It's not about perfection. It's about direction with God. See, we're not going to get perfection this side of heaven. It's just not the reality. But we've got to move in the right direction. See, this is the thing. When he got there, they moved from place to place trying to find pastures for his kids. And can I tell you something? Sometimes when you begin to move where God has called you to move, where God is wanting you to move, things aren't always going to be easy. I wish I could sit up here and tell you today that if you allow God to move you from where you are to where he wants you to be, 
that it's just going to be perfect. Like there are going to be people that are throwing parties for you. The red carpet just rolls out. You know, you get a limousine that pulls up and says, we'll take you there. We got the moving van behind us. We're going to get you there. And hear me, I'm not talking physical move here. Even spiritually, we think so often that it's just going to be, well, you know, God, I need you to move me to the next level in, in my life. You know, the deeper relationship with you. And we go, well, God, why isn't it just happening? You know, I'm here Why is it not happening? Because there's a work aspect. And that's what Abraham was learning as he was moving from tent to tent, city to city on the outskirts of his promise was God was doing something in his life. What was he doing? He was knocking off the rust. He was knocking off the sharp edges in Abraham's life, getting him ready for the promise, getting him ready for what he was about to walk into. See, the promise that God is referring to in all the way back in Genesis 1 was Jesus himself. That's what he was telling Abraham, you're going to usher in. You're going to be the beginning. You're going to be the beginning of salvation for all of man, all of the people of the earth. And I need you to walk through that. And you want to know what's neat about Abraham's story? I'd encourage you to go back and read it. It'll take you a couple days, but that's cool. You can do it. Um, is that every time Abraham moved, he was blessed where he was. Don't get me wrong. God blessed him immensely. But when you read in scripture, the people around him were blessed. The places he was staying were blessed. See, can I tell you something this morning? God wants to move you, not just for your benefit. Yes, he wants to do something significant in your life, but God wants to move you because he wants you to be a blessing to others. He wants to use you to impact an entire community. He wants to use you to impact your entire work company. But you have to be able to move. And that's what Abraham got. He understood because he recognized this. Abraham's faith was not found in what he felt, what he thought, but in how he lived. See, and I think that's the power for us today. It's not about how I feel this morning. Maybe you came in this morning and you don't feel God's presence in your life. You don't feel he's actively moving on your behalf. But you can live like he is. You know, a good mentor of mine used to always tell me, I don't know if it's right or wrong, but she used to always tell me, fake it until you make it. Right? The right actions will eventually create the right emotions. See, and that was something Abraham learned. I I can tell you with a lot of assurity, he was human like you and I. He didn't like this. He wasn't happy about this. This wasn't a joy for him. But the fact is, is his life didn't say that. It didn't. He said, I'm going to follow God. I'm going to move where God wants me to move. And because of that, he lived a beyond ordinary life. How do I know that? If you read in Hebrews, it talks about the heroes of our faith and it's credited to Abraham that he is righteous. He is a man of virtue, of righteousness because he had faith to believe God and when God called him to move, he moved. So what is faith? We get that definition in Hebrews chapter one. It's just faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. 
See, that's faith. See, I tell you this morning, I know I've said it enough. I'm hoping it ingrains itself in your mind this morning that God wants to move you from where you are to where he wants you to be. And now I'd be foolish not to tell you that that's going to take faith on your part because you're not always going to get to see where he wants you to be. You're just going to have to trust that he'll get you there. You're going to have to have an assurance that he will do his part while you continue to do your part to persevere when all looks hopeless. Because can you imagine Abraham's face when he gets to the promised land, when he gets to the place that God's saying, he's like, boom, here it is. I get to walk into this place and it's great. And he looks up and there's established cities. There's established village. There's people. And God goes, hey, hold on, not yet. Not yet. Just be patient. I'm not a patient person. I'd have been like, God, I'm busted down the doors. You know, let's, let's go. But God's like, I'm not, I'm not done. I've brought you to this place, but there's more I want to do. And I think for some of us today, that rings so true in our lives. God's brought us to a place and we're sitting there and we're going, God, I can, I can touch it. I can feel it. I can sense it. You've called me to pray for my granddaughter, my daughter, and her salvation is right there. I know it's there. I just, why is it not happening? And God's going, just hang in there. Be patient with me. Persevere. Keep your faith. Why? Why? Why do you think he asked Abraham that question or has that conversation with him in his head? Because he knows that in order to continue to live in the blessing and to continue to move beyond the ordinary, it's got to start with faith. It's got to start with faith. Can I tell you something? God is far less concerned about how others view you. His blessings aren't dependent on how people view you, how popular you are, what income you make, anything like that. He doesn't, that doesn't concern him. That concerns us as, as humans. We tend to put more weight on that than's needed. And again, like I said, could you imagine the looks that Abraham got from his other family that stayed behind, right? Could you imagine calling some of your extended family and going, God's called me to do this? What? What do you mean? Well, God's called me to leave, and I'm, I'm not real sure. He's called me to go to a foreign country. I just, I'm not sure which foreign country it is right now. They're going to look at you, and they're going to be like, are you crazy? Have you lost your mind? They're going to do everything they can to talk you out of it, right? That's... And they're not trying to be bad people. They're trying to look out for you. That's what Abraham's extended family was doing. And probably even some of the ones that are on the journey with him are constantly in his ear going, are you sure you want to do this? Just like I'm sure in your life right now, the enemy is in your ear. Or there are other people that he's allowed to be around you that are speaking against you saying, you don't want to walk there. You don't want to go there because you don't know what it's going to be. You don't really know what it's like. But Abraham had faith. He believed that what he hoped for was going to come to pass. And I know you're looking at me this morning, you're going, that sounds great, Brian. It is, it is amazing to have that dream, but I can't do that. I can't walk out. You're right, you can. And I'm gonna tell you four quick ways how to do it and then we're gonna close. These are just practical daily ways 
to begin to live beyond ordinary. The first one is simply this, know God. What do I mean by that? What do I mean? It means listen to his voice, learn about him, move towards him. But probably the biggest part of that is this, make a decision to trust him. That's where you got to start today. Because this is the truth. God is calling each and every one of you today. He's calling you to beyond where you're at. And you've got to choose whether or not you're going to trust him. You're going to take that step this morning. Maybe it's with a new job. Maybe it's turning down a new job to stay where you're at. And the new job's like offering you great amounts of money. And you're like, I just, you know, don't look at the economical side. Look at the spiritual side. Trust God. Have faith in who he says he is. The second thing is this, is begin to find freedom in that. What do I mean? Again, how do, how do I find freedom in uncertainty? Don't look at the struggles. Surround yourself with people that are walking through the same struggles. Do you notice that Abraham didn't go alone? His nephew Lot went with him. So Lot was facing the same things because it was Lot's choice. He didn't have to go, but he chose to go. That's why small groups are so vital. They're so important because you can find people that they may not be walking to the identical same point, but they're walking in a similar direction. And so you can encourage one another. You can lift one another up. You can push each other's faith beyond. And you find freedom in that. During this journey, be on the lookout for God to shape you and change you and mold you. Because when you start believing in things that other people can't see and they start freaking out, right? It's going to change you. But we're not called to be like everyone else. We're called above that. The third thing is this, is discover your purpose. See, along this journey, Abraham began to realize who he was. He began to understand that blessing. God had to speak it to him a couple times on the journey. But he began to see that God had him in the specific place for a specific person, for a specific group of people. And now you and I get the benefit of that. And then finally this, choose to make a difference. Choose to make a difference. And that goes all the way back to the beginning with Abraham. He could have thrown his hands up and said, everything's good where I'm at. Everything's fine. But he said, you know what? I'm going to move. I'm going to begin to do that which God has called me to do. For some of you this morning, you're like, yeah, but he didn't know what that was. You're right. He didn't know where he was going, but he began to take steps. And for some of you today, you may not know where you're going. You may not know what God has called you to do, but you can begin to make steps. Join us at Next Steps at 12 right after the service this morning. That's a great place to start with that. If you've already been a part of that process, get involved in a group. Be a part of the usher team. Be a part of Piece by Piece and and the great things that they're doing. But make a move. Make a move and see what happens. This is the thing, and I want you to, to catch this. The definition of beyond is outside the understanding's limit of or reach of. Did you catch that? Outside the understanding of, limit of, or reach of. That's what God is calling you to. He's not calling you to get this, 
to have it all figured out. I'd be lying if I told you I have figured this all out. I haven't on any stretch. But I know my God is able to do immeasurably more than I could ask, imagine, or hope for at the power of Jesus Christ. And if I trust him, if I have faith in him, the impossible becomes possible. And if you want to live beyond the ordinary, which I believe all of us do at some level, we want to go past where we are. And if you want to move from where you are to where God wants you to be, it starts with making a decision. Today, you can move from death to life. You can. You can move from darkness to light. You can move from defeat in your life to victory. You can move from shame to grace this morning. You can move from fear to faith. You can move from sorrow to joy. You just have to move. Let God move you from where you are to where he wants you to be. If you wouldn't mind, just bow your heads, close your eyes. I want to close this morning and just pray with you. And maybe you're in here this morning and you'd say, you know what, Brian, I hear what you're saying and it is amazing. And I, and I just hear what God wants to do. And that, that's what really moves me. And, I, and if I'm honest with you, I've never really made that choice to trust God with my life. I've never really asked him to be my savior, to be my Lord. I believe that he is who he says he is, that he came, Jesus came, he lived a perfect life. He died on the cross for my sins, but he didn't stay dead. He rose again. And because of that, I can be forgiven and I can have eternal life in him. I can have a brand new life in him. If that's you in here today, you'd say, I want to begin there. I want to trust Jesus. That's my first move. Would you just slip up your hand? No one's looking around. I'm not going to call you forward. I just want to pray with you. Yes, yes, Jesus. Second thing is this. Maybe you're in here today and you'd say, you know what, Brian, if I'm honest with you, I've been living on the past. I haven't been looking to the new thing that God wants to do. If I'm honest, I'm not asking God to move me from where I am because I think where I am is pretty good. But I want to do more. I want to be beyond ordinary. I want to do what God has called me to do. If that's you, could you just lift your hand up? I just want to pray with you this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. A number of hands. Thank you. God, I I just pray right now. You would just... Meet every hand that went up today, Lord God. Father, you see those that are beginning that relationship with you. They're stepping out and saying, today, God, you have my life. I believe you. I believe that you died for my sins, that you rose again. And now I am asking you to be my Savior and my Lord, the one that forgives me, but also the one that leads me moving forward. And God, I pray for those that raised their hand today and just said, God, they want to move from where they are to exactly where you have them being, Lord God. Help them. Give them the boldness, the courage, Lord God, that it takes. Give them the faith that they'll need to see what maybe isn't right there in front of them, Lord God, but to be able to just hold on and say, I know the blessing is coming. I know my purpose is coming. I know my freedom is coming today, God. I just thank you for what you're doing. I pray blessing and favor over each person. It's in your name, Jesus. Amen.